CodeCast, a podcast series presented by the International Cyanide Management Institute, or ICMI. This series provides our listeners with useful information about the International Cyanide Management Code to help you further understand the code's compliance requirements and expectations. Each CodeCast episode is designed to supplement the training and guidance materials that you can find on the Cyanide Code website. If you'd like to access these materials, please go to cyanidecode.org. In this CodeCast episode, we will discuss the Cyanide Code's requirements for signage and labelling where cyanide is used at mining operations. Let's begin with the Cyanide Code's objective. Why does the code require mining operations to identify the presence of cyanide through signage and labelling? The point of this requirement is worker health and safety. To achieve this, the code has three basic requirements for signage and labelling. The first is that signage and labelling must clearly identify the presence of cyanide. This means that there must be signage to alert workers to the presence of cyanide at all areas where it is present. These typically include storage areas for both dry and liquid cyanide, areas where cyanide is mixed, and where high-strength solution is stored. They also usually include processing areas where cyanide solution is present, such as places with leach tanks. Signage is also expected in areas like heap leach pads, tailings impoundments, and process ponds containing cyanide solution, for example pregnant ponds at heap leach facilities. There should also be signage and labelling on pipelines carrying cyanide solution between operational areas. For example, pipelines carrying tailing slurry from the process area to a tailings impoundment and high-strength feeder lines between cyanide storage tanks and process solution tanks should be clearly marked as containing cyanide. So that's the first requirement. Signage and labelling must clearly identify the presence of cyanide. The second fundamental requirement is for signage to indicate any special requirements or restrictions that are due to the presence of cyanide. For example, there should be signs prohibiting eating, drinking, smoking or open flames in areas where cyanide is located. Signage must also identify any personal protective equipment that's required in an area. For example, personal hydrogen cyanide monitors masks with filters, or special gloves or suits. The third fundamental requirement is that the workforce must clearly understand the signage. Operations should use a type of signage best suited for their particular operational areas and workforce. For example, text such as cyanide or CN is often used to indicate the presence of cyanide. To meet the third requirement, the text on the signage must be in a language the workforce understands. Pictograms are also widely used to identify any requirements or restriction for entry into specific areas. Typical pictograms include those for no smoking, no eating or no drinking. Pictograms are also commonly used to identify the types of personal protective equipment, or PPE, required for entry to an area. Examples of these include pictograms indicating that masks, goggles or gloves must be worn for entry. To ensure that signage is clearly understood, the meaning of the pictograms used at the operation should be covered in employee training. 
So the code requires clear identification of the presence of cyanide, clear identification of any special requirements or restrictions where cyanide is present, and clear understanding of the signage by the workforce. The size, content, colour, locations and wording of signage and labelling is not mandated by the code. These details are intentionally left to the judgement of the operation. However, it is important to understand that the intent of the code, the protection of worker health and safety, must be met by the operation signage. Let's now look at some of the specific areas where cyanide is used and the signage and labelling typical for those areas. Let's begin with cyanide storage areas. Warehouses and other areas that house either solid cyanide or high-strength liquid cyanide should have signage at their entrances indicating the presence of cyanide. Prohibitions against eating, smoking and drinking are typically placed on the entry doors or gates to these areas and on their external walls. Areas where high-strength cyanide is present also frequently require use of PPE for entry, such as goggles or protective suits, and signage should be placed to clearly indicate the required PPE. Other requirements in place, like the use of the buddy system, for example, should also be clearly identified. Areas with high-strength cyanide also typically have signage with more detailed information, such as cyanide exposure symptoms and emergency response information. In storage areas, it is important that individual containers of cyanide be labelled. Boxes and drums of solid cyanide are typically labelled with the product name, weight, producer's name, batch number and emergency contacts. Product pictograms, the meaning of such pictograms and the potential risks for human life and health and the environment, are also typically included and all such labelling should be in a language understood by the workforce. High-strength cyanide solution is also identified by adding dye to the solution. The code requires that high-strength cyanide solutions be dyed so that they can clearly be identified, especially when out of containment, and so that they can be clearly differentiated from other solutions or rainwater. Dye should be added at a concentration that provides a clear visual indicator of the presence of high-strength cyanide solution. In this context, high-strength cyanide solution is defined as any solution with a free cyanide concentration of 150,000 mg per litre, or 15%, or higher. Dye should be added to solid cyanide prior to or at the time of mixing, either in mixing tanks, intermediate bulk containers, or in isotainers, so that the resultant cyanide solution is dyed. When liquid cyanide is delivered to an operation, the cyanide producer should dye the solution prior to delivery. Let's move on to process areas. In process areas, signs indicating the presence of cyanide are typically placed on doors, gates or other entrances. Within process areas, tanks and piping containing cyanide solution should also be clearly marked. This is for the operational workforce, who may need to open or close pipes or valves, examine or take samples from those tanks, or perform maintenance duties on those features. For these workers, clear identification and awareness of the presence of cyanide in specific tanks and pipelines is essential. 
Many operations also use color coding on tanks and piping to identify the presence of cyanide. There are different color coding systems, but purple is most commonly used to indicate the presence of cyanide. But the exact color used is not so important, as long as the color is used consistently and the workforce is trained on its meaning. As a leading practice, many operations also mark tanks containing cyanide solution with the tank's volume and cyanide concentration, the volume of its secondary containment, and its most recent technical inspection date. Piping carrying cyanide solution should also be marked with the direction of flow. This is primarily to reduce the potential for releases and exposures during maintenance. Flow direction is typically marked with arrows painted on the piping. The size and frequency of pipeline labeling should allow personnel to track the line and identify its contents. Signage and color coding on piping is especially important where pipes enter or exit a building, enter or exit conduits, or at other areas where piping cannot easily be tracked from its source to its destination. Labels are typically placed at or near pipe junctions, valves, or other locations where releases are most likely or where maintenance typically occurs. Tailing storage facilities, heap leach pads and associated ponds, such as pregnant ponds or overflow ponds, should also be identified as containing cyanide solution. For large features such as tailings facilities and heap leach pads, Signs identifying the presence of cyanide are typically placed at entry points to the area and at locations where exposure is more likely, like observation or instrumentation points. Emergency resources like showers, eye wash stations, antidote and first aid supplies should be clearly identified for the prompt recognition and identification by the facility workers in the event of an emergency. Meeting points to be used in a cyanide-related emergency should also be clearly identified. Cyanide installations and equipment under maintenance must also be clearly identified. An authorization record or work permit should be in place addressing that the equipment was cleaned and decontaminated and it is safe to work. This is especially important when working in confined spaces, such as in tanks or areas that aren't well ventilated. Other recommended and related signage and labelling includes identification of safe work trails so that workers are guided away from areas that may have high exposure risks, like mixing areas or other areas where high concentration cyanide solutions can be found. Safe work trails are typically marked with paint or tape on the floor. Emergency exits and escape routes should also be clearly identified in any cyanide operation facility. Signs and labels should be included in maintenance and inspection programs to ensure that signage is current and legible. Out-of-date, faded or unreadable signs and labels represent safety issues for the workforce. Signage should also be included in training programs, especially where pictograms are used, and training should cover both what the signage means and the reasons it is displayed. Both auditors and operations should evaluate the effectiveness of the signage at the operation for protecting worker health and safety. All evaluations should include answering the following three questions. 1. Is the presence of cyanide identified? 2. 
are any special restrictions or requirements identified? And three, is signage clear and understandable to the workforce? Evaluations should also include visual inspections and evaluation of training programs on signage and interviews with workers to ensure that training is effective and signage is understood. When evaluating signage, auditor judgment and a broader understanding of the operation are also necessary. For example, if no smoking is allowed on site, then no smoking signs at cyanide areas may not be necessary. In the same way, identifying the flow direction on individual pipes may not be necessary if cyanide concentrations are sufficiently low. A WAD cyanide concentration of approximately 10 to 15 milligrams per litre may be an appropriate cutoff for the need to label individual pipes. This would mean that where tailings decant water is recycled back to a mill, it may not be necessary to indicate the direction of flow in every individual pipe carrying mill water. Let's quickly summarise the key points of this code cast. To protect worker health and safety, the code requires the presence of cyanide and any special requirements or restrictions where cyanide is present to be clearly identified in a way that is clearly understood by the workforce. The tools used to satisfy these requirements such as signage, labels, dyed cyanide and colour coding are all used throughout operations to help ensure worker safety. A signage-rich environment with a strong supporting training programme is a simple but effective tool in protecting workers. Additional details related to this topic may be found in ICMI's Guidance for the Use of Mining Operations Verification Protocol, available on the Cyanide Code website. If you have any questions on this topic or would like to make any comments, suggestions or requests for other topics to be covered, please send an email to us at info at cyanidecode.org.